Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018. So I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8 p.m. to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyze stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the stock market show under the Learning Center. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you get to ask the questions and we give the answers about all things investing and trading. Well, haven't times changed over the past month? People, well, this time last month, people were in a state of panic around the market and our YouTube channel was literally blowing up with the multitude of comments and questions asking for help and clarity on what was going on now. Now we're getting speculators believing they know what the market is doing, but what is the real story? As always, we'll shed some light on the current market as we aid to inform and educate you to the realities of investing and trading. Now, tonight's topic, how to profit from the coming stock market boom, five rules you do need to know. Along with our topic for tonight, we'll look at what is currently happening on the Australian stock market, give you our thoughts, answer your most burning questions, look at the stocks that you're interested in, give you our expert opinion and a whole lot more. Hello, I'm Janine Cox and joining me tonight is Dale Gillam and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. G'day Dale. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, good. And yourself? <laughs> Just a little bit hassled today. There's so hey. much going on at the moment, isn't there? Yeah, I know. Everything's I just, going crazy, isn't I it? I just can't believe the news that keeps coming yeah. out. Every day it just mm. seems to be different. I think I think a lot of people are going, why can't we just settle down for a little bit of a while and get into some normality? No, I, I think there's more to come. And the, the stories with the banks at the moment is really um, shaking a few people, I think. Yeah, it is. I did a podcast today and think, I mean, you didn't even know I did one, Perfect. but I actually did one on the big four banks. Perfect and, timing. Um, today. So that went out in our e-news. So if you haven't subscribed to our e-news, just get onto it um, at wealthwithin.com.au. Just type it in and just register for our e-news. But I did a podcast, as I said today, on the big four banks and because obviously NAB's dropped its earnings by mm -hmm. two-thirds, which is like 66%. Mm -hmm. uh, it's dropped its dividend yields. 50% roughly? Yeah, something. Well, no, two-thirds mm -hmm. is more than 50%, isn't it? Oh, well, maybe we're reading some different... Oh, well, I don't story. know. I was getting mine from somewhere, but, <laughs> but we'll find about anyway. But uh, but tonight's going to be a great show anyway. I think we've got a lot of stuff to cover. You do. All right. Um, if you have a burning question for us, on the right of the screen is a chat box. So put your questions there. Remember to keep your comments tonight to something that's constructive and adds to the conversation so that we can assist as many people as possible with genuine questions. And we get so many questions on the show. So thank you all for your contributions to the conversation. Now, if tonight is your first time, then may I say a big hi to you all and welcome. We're excited to have you with us and hope you enjoy the show. Moving on, it is the fourth Tuesday in the month and this means we look at the world currency markets. So let's get into the chart, shall we, and discuss our thoughts on what's going on with the world markets right now. I know, it's really interesting. So if you bring up the currency market, I think... It's really important that when we're talking about the Australian dollar that um, where we're going, because obviously at the moment 
with the world markets what it is what we want to do as a country is actually manufacture more and manufacturing in australia means having a lower australian dollar it doesn't mean really good news if you want to travel a lot but the lower the australian dollar is the better it is for our manufacturers because then they can compete better on world markets so it's a really interesting i know our dollar has been down very heavily against the us dollar over the last couple of years so and we do really want it to stay there because obviously manufacturing is where, as I said, is going to provide some of that growth in the economy. And I know um, the government's been talking about us being a lot more self-reliant rather than bringing goods and uh, goods from overseas. Um, obviously, especially China and being more reliant on China. I know that's an issue with the U.S. market as well as Trump is really fighting against um, having to be self, being reliant on China as well. So, um, but let's go and have a look at the charts. Have you got them up yet? And perhaps you can do that for me because um, I, I don't. I you had a but, trick on me, haven't no, you? No, I had them up a minute ago. Yeah, so I what think did he you has. Do? I think he has. Look, I was just looking at stocks because there are so many questions yep. on the chat tonight. We've had to load up a few in yeah, advance. Yeah, they are all so done. Thank See? you very much. You ask and I deliver. Oh, very oh. good. <laughs> okay, so now we can see there at the top of the list, we've got the Aussie Canadian dollar. Uh, the change actually there for the week is 0.6. So it's up 0.6. Down at the bottom, we've got the Australian US dollar up around 1%. So that's good to see for the Aussie dollar appreciating there against the US. We're looking in the middle of the road there, the Australian versus the Hong Kong dollar up around 1%. Uh, Australian versus um, South African rand is down 0.17. So generally across the board, we're seeing positive moves on this for the Australian currency. Looking at uh, month, if we look at the monthly moves, we're, we're looking at um, a really strong positive move there, 5% Australian Canadian dollar. We're looking at the Australian euro around 7%, uh, Australian dollar, British pound. So look, a big change is happening at the moment by the look of that, Dale. We're seeing some really strong moves there. So have you been following the Aussie dollar? Um, not uh, lately, not in the last sort of month or so. I mean, obviously, I guess that's I think because, we're searching for a low. I guess that's because COVID sort of shot your whole plans of oh, potentially look, my, going my overseas. My focus has been so all over focusing. the place. We've been, like, it's, I, it's interesting, somebody... I don't know. I don't know about your LinkedIn, but my LinkedIn has been blowing up. <laughs> like in the last eight weeks, I reckon I've had like a thousand link requests, and so many from mortgage brokers and is that giving you a full time job then? Just going no or yes is a full time job on LinkedIn at yeah. the moment. And then they then they're trying to say, oh look, in these terrible times or in these challenging times or in these tough times, you know, I can help you out. I can get you doing this or I can do that or I can support your staff or whatever else. Mm. All nice, but mm. we're flat out. Yeah, we've been busier this year than we've ever been. Like mm. this is we're so flat out and and. Part of that is COVID because yeah, people are Yeah, everybody's sitting at home and they're looking for alternatives to yeah, have a backup. and backup. they're worried about their income and mm. they're worried about their job security and they're worried about their future because whilst most people are smart enough to understand that this is just one epidemic that's mm. going to happen, there's going to be more. Yeah. So I'm going to be working from home a lot more. My job's going to be a little bit, um, little bit different. How do I create more income? How do I create Look, more Look, I certainty? saw one gentleman in the street the other week. We were walking past mm. and he had a... 
um, three-year-old with him and he, I think he was looking forward to getting back to work. I think a lot of people are looking forward to it. <laughs> and I, like, I heard throw this the child kids down the street get on their bikes. she's yelling at the top of her voice, Mum, stop, pick me up. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but as I said, I haven't really been watching the mm. Aussie dollar. So what's been going on, obviously, uh, this is the weekly. Look, it's all, it's all positive at the moment. So mm. we're seeing a sea of green at the moment. It's good. This is um, the month. So the month is showing really strong signs here. You can see there, if we pick, um, say we look, go down to the, the Aussie US dollar, we can just look at a quick chart to have a, have a look at the rebound that's happening there. Now, that's really good, a really positive sign mm. for the Aussie dollar against the US dollar moving up nicely. Was it the US dollar, the euro, the pound and the Chinese yuan? Mm. They're the, probably the four the major biggest ones, ones. The ones that we need to worry about more so. Yeah. Because obviously China is our biggest trading partner. Mm -hmm. US not so much, but the world runs on the US dollar. So yeah. commodities and everything else. So they're the ones we need to look at. So, do you think look, the US currency, Aussie dollar's bottom? Some, some, well, I do, I do. I think at the moment, definitely. Mm. Look, I thought mm. if we were looking at it, it got to a low of... Uh, what's the low there, 50, was it 5 cents or something? Hmm. Um, and, and I thought that was further than what I was expecting anyway. I, was, I thought it would head somewhere around the 58 cents, 60 yep. cent mark and then push I back up too. again. So I think but it looks good for yeah, Aussie dollar, but good. I don't want to go too high at the moment. It's good for currency traders if they're, if they're into it at the moment, isn't hmm. it? Just some direction. That's yeah. what they really need. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's what we haven't had. All right, now it's time for emails, Janine. All right, I think we've fantastic. Got to keep we have so many questions tonight. It's not funny. All right, now is the time, of course, as Dale said, because he's driving the show, <laughs> um, that we've been inundated with questions again, and we've also had a lot of questions in the chat. So we're going to try to be selective and answer questions. How do you choose? It's like uh, a tough thing to do. Oh, if you send me money, I'll <laughs> choose you. Okay, Give us more detail on the stock and tell us why you want us to discuss it. Um, and anything interesting, any question, interesting questions that you raise in general are more likely to get picked. So our first question uh, that was sent in via email is from Joel who says, Hi Dale and Janine, I'm currently working my way through your books and applaud your uh, methodical and practical trading. Now of course, say that in the first line of your email and you're probably more likely for Dale to pick it. <laughs> Good choice. For fairly um, entry level mid to long term exchange investors, you outline the importance of trading with the trends. You know, the trend is your friend, mm. that's what you've said for years. And investing in well-placed blue chip exchanges, in doing so you should be able to time entry and exits into and out of the market fairly successfully, even in the face of major financial corrections. So when looking at the COVID correction, whereby the market crashed from the top, and not even the best place blue chip exchanges gave an indication of the pending bear market. Could a savvy investor have had a chance uh, of a timely exit preserving capital in this instance or was a significant loss unavoidable? And what strategies would assist in future-proofing the portfolio should an almost instantaneous crash from the top occur again? Thanks in advance, Joel. Big question. It is a big question. And firstly, I'd say that um, this, in 100 years, we hadn't seen this happen before. 200 years. I've never so seen therefore, it on the, Dow. the chances of it happening again at, the, at a market top are very, very narrow and, and slim on the ground. So mm. um, the question, it depends on your strategy, really, that you've set. Because if you were trading really short term at the time when the market mm. hit, you would have been out when that big pullback came in. But mm. then do you really want to trade short term because you get whipped in and out of the market all the time? And then after those tops, often you'll get pulled back into the market really early when the risk is really high. And that's the challenge for short-term trading. Uh, medium, more medium-term trading, yes, you will lose a bit at the top. That just goes with the territory. And in a dip like we just saw, it can be more than what is typical to occur. But
but would you change a strategy for one instance on the market that hasn't occurred in more than 100 years? And the answer is no. no. Why would you? Um, I mean, if you st study back testing and you've learnt about that and learnt how to apply that really well and, and, and thoroughly, then you really understand that you might have one losing trade, three losing trades over the entire history of a share, which could be 10 or 20 years, but it still ends up with a profitable result over time. But in that moment, you know, when you've had the losing trade, you, you don't, you can't see because you've got blinkers on if you haven't fully understood yeah. back testing and how it works. I think people worry about losing too much, mm. and I think, and that's because they they they've got this fixation around have, losing any of their capital. Now, if you're in the market, you're going to lose. Mm. It's just absolute guaranteed you're going to lose. You're going to have stocks that you buy that you will lose money on. And that's why we tell people to set stop losses in the book. Yeah. And if you have a stop loss, then you're protecting that downside. Who cares about the rest? Mm. Like it really, you just get, even if you get out and the stock turns around and goes back up again, then you just get back in it again. There's no big issue. So we've got to get off this mentality of, I don't want to lose. Yep. And if the more we got, don't want to lose, the more losing we actually get. Mm. And I think a lot of people don't realise that. The more they try to do things or make decisions in not losing, the more losing they actually get. Well, the market fell 40% yeah. in such a short time How do you frame. That? Yeah. You mm. don't. So let's move on to the next question. But great question. Thanks, Joel. Um, and please do send your questions in. Now, remember to stick the, um, your phone in front of your face next time. And, uh, <laughs> Didn't know what you were going to say. We'd love to make you a star of the show on this. I said stick the phone in front of your I face. I saw the director trembling. He was getting worried about what you were going to say. <laughs> now, our next question is from Mahmood, who says, Hi, Dale and Janine. I'd highly appreciate your insights um, in your next video on FANG and gold mining stocks. Um, do you expect to see their price drop uh, to the same previous March crash, crash levels? if market bottomed again, given its defensive nature. Also, which uh, you have better fundamentals, which, which has better fundamentals, SAR or NST? Um, I placed an order for your book and excited to get educated myself more and get better prepared. Thanks for you for your time. Kind regards, Mahmood. Um, we're not going to talk about the FANG stocks. For those people that know what the FANG stocks is, that's Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix and Google, all US stocks. This is the Australian Stock Market Show. We're not getting into those. So we're going to have a look at one of those other stocks that aren't we? Yep. Well, I put two up, but if you're yeah, going to make two, we have then... so many. We only won one. Oh, really? So, okay. otherwise, we won't get to half of the well, three quarters of the questions. Well, so the charts look the same anyway. They do. Oh, very similar. So, if we're looking at this, I've chosen Northern Star Resources as one of the stocks. So it was SAR mm. um, and Northern Star Resources. NST is the other stock. Now you can see that the recent rebound. Whenever there's been a big pullback in a share like this, and it doesn't matter what's caused it. Often that actually is a lead into a potential further decline. And in the case of um, the gold stocks, we've seen this low in, in November 2019 be tested by the COVID uh, pullback. So look, I would still say that even though the, the, these stocks have been rising, there's still a risk around this current level, not far from where it's been trading just over the past couple of weeks. There's still a risk on the downside here. Now, if we saw it push up in the next two weeks really strongly, then I would say that that's probably mitigated to a large degree and it may continue to rise and recover nicely from this. But it's always that second bounce down that can happen as you were talking about that it could. But as far as fundamentals are concerned on the gold stocks, it's something you can look up on many websites. So um, broker websites, Morningstar websites, uh, you can find it fundamental information. So I'm not really going to go into the fundamentals here. 
No, we don't go into the fundamentals. You can search those on Comsec or yeah, something. Yeah, you can you? use those as a filter. They're good. But mm. in this sort of market where things are changing so quickly, it's really hard to, you know, use the fundamentals accurately, mm. isn't it? Mm. So the next question, Janine. Oh, all right. It's, oh, I'm up. You're up again. <laughs> Hi, all. Thanks for your video on uh, Virgin Aussie. Um, I spend a bit more, um, a bit from... Oh, oh, I spent a bit from a fall. I, I think the sentence doesn't read. Yeah, quite I think right. he said he, after the fall of fifty percent in the stock, he spent oh, a bit okay. of money. Oh, okay. Just on it, wondering, what does it mean for shareholders if they get a takeover? So you know, we're actually reading off the re these real emails. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't been edited since their involuntary administration. Many thanks, Andre. All right, what does it mean for shareholders? Well, look, unfortunately for shareholders who are in there, the little shareholders in particular, we're talking about, you're really at the whim of whatever happens next, mm. and when these takeovers happen, if a share's been in decline, while it may recover a little bit because there's talk of a takeover, so the price bounces, the chances of the share recovering anywhere near what it lost as part of a decline is mm. pretty slim. Yeah. So you may get some of your money back, but then you may have to wait months and months to get your money back. So it's always a question when there's a takeover is what do shareholders actually do? What's the best decision? And it's about weighing up what the choices are first. So you've got a choice where you can just take your money and go. Mm. Because um, the pr price will often appreciate once the known um, companies have come out of the woods saying that they're going to take over and so the quantity is known, therefore the price is pretty much where it's going to end up yeah. as part of the offer. But often the shares can drift up towards the offer price during that time. How, so how, how high is the offer price likely to be? I know yeah. I know. you just go to a shopping centre any time and all you see on the windows is 20% off, 50% off. Blah blah blah. Yeah, but that's right? the shopping centre. We're yeah, talking yeah, about no, stocks. but it's the same mentality. If you want to, if you're somebody who'd like to take over a flight centre, mm -hmm. you're not going to do it at an all-time high price, are you? You're going to no. wait till they're in dire straits, needing capital, and the share price is in the mm. crapper, basically. Yeah, that's where you want it, because then you'll be able to get it a rebuild lot it. cheaper, rebuild it, do whatever you need to do, yeah, justify off divisions, sacking people, which is what they do when yeah. the capitalists come you're in. You're looking for the worst situation you can, which is mm. right now. Mm -hmm. um, for flight centres, so you're going to try and grab a bargain. Hopefully, they manage to hold things together. Like, you know, it'd be great to see companies come out of this and really be, make it a would. success I'd story love out of themselves. Flight centre to come out of this strong, but mm. the chances are it will get somebody taking. But we're it talking over. about Virgin now. Oh, sorry, it's, it's a Virgin, isn't it? Yeah, you changed the topic. Oh, okay, flight centre, Virgin, same thing. Um, for Virgin, yeah, but I mean, we're going to have two airlines. There's not going to mm. be a doubt in my mind that's going to happen. There's no doubt in my mind if if Virgin does go down that somebody else will take their spot. Mm -hmm. That's just going to happen. Yep. because there's an opportunity there for somebody else. But if Virgin does get taken over, it might dilute shareholding of the other smaller shareholders, but don't expect it to go back up. Look, I don't think soon. that the I don't think the major shareholders mm. would leave them sitting there. Because no. then you have to, yeah. Okay. Okay, well, let's get into the chat. So okay. the first one we've got is from Caleb APA. There is so Thanks, many Caleb. things in the chat. I'm scanning through them. By the way, Caleb, ones. when I saw your name there, I said, we've got to answer Caleb's question. I know. So APA be, group. sending you gifts like chocolate No, or he's not. He says, hi, <laughs> Dale and Janine. Chocolate. APA seems poised to give a weekly Dow entry, but I'm worried about the resistance. At 11.50, how do I weigh the potential entry against so much resistance? Love to hear your wisdom. Okay. Uh, well, the potential entry against the resistance, right? Now, the challenge here is where you're going to get out. And that's the first thing to look at is not just where you're going to enter, but where you're going to get out if it goes pear-shaped. So looking at this, um, the share price is currently at, and I can't see on that side of the screen, I'd have to squint. Uh, looking here, we go down here, so the nearest low is 8.5%. So there could be, say, let's for example say uh, um, someone made a decision 
to set the stop loss there and I'm not saying you should I'm just suggesting that that could be a technical exit um, then you know that it's going to go the other way chances are that it will either fluff around in this zone for some time and trade sideways and that's a technical term or it'll start moving back up again and then test this level so if the stock were to trade strongly above um, the April high then that's probably a good indication that it would get through often when stocks um, make a number of highs at the all-time high and then come back up to test it again quite often they will push through but it's just a matter of watching it and you can only take each stock one bar at a time or one week at a time to make that judgment call I would not make a decision um, at this point given what's happened with COVID if it just um, started to trade up but it hadn't mm. taken out this high here I think it needs to push up higher yeah I do too next one APN for Okay, kid, what do you think about Appen and Appen and Aristocrat Leisure? We're not going to cover Aristocrat, I think. Oh, Did we do I that last that week? One in. Or um, two weeks ago? Yeah, look, Aristocrat, I've just sneakily got up yeah. there on the screen there. But I know we get asked about not... Appen a lot of times. Yeah, okay, look, um, I've, I've actually typed in the wrong code there by the look of it. No, you did APN, that's the wrong one, isn't it? AP. AW. Yep. Okay, so there we go. APX, uh, we can see there that it's had actually a nice orderly move down from the all-time high. So that's a really nice move down into this low. Again, we've only had one week down, which is not enough really to convince me that this low is in yet. So there's, there's nice strong mm -hmm. support across here. I'd say that if it actually traded uh, um, and closed any week below, uh, this would be roughly 23, 24 or 23 no 2163 this level here then I'd say it's more likely to come back for a little while I'm mm. not necessarily suggesting it's going to take out this low again on in March however it might just pull back to test that level and that's where the risk comes in because mm. if it does pull back there then you know there is the potential for sellers to come in and push it lower so while it's holding where it is it's actually looking quite nice I think so I'd just be watching to get a much stronger move up and this is mm. where trend lines could be um, a good example of an opportunity. Yeah, out of there. our book, out of mm. my book. Perfect little thing from a trend line. Got a question from William who says, Dale and Janine, isn't it ridiculous how instos always get a massive chunk of most capital raises? Us retail investors always get a minute amount and get, out holding, get our holdings diluted. Something needs to be done. Yeah, look, there are situations where this occurs and it doesn't seem fair. It also doesn't seem fair when big institutions can have meetings with um, companies. Now I don't know exactly how the internal workings of that mm -hmm. happen um, but yeah it doesn't and if you if you want to vote with your feet what about the Australian Shareholders Association they're always fighting that so I would say that yeah, that's, you're never going to win I mean that's in, a good in, way to put put your vote in to, to join them. You're still never going to win 75% or so of the trading on the market's done by instos mm. so if you own a shop and you've got one client that gives you 75% of your business you're going to look about look at the other 25% well, if they want we're giving the best prices the, to the 75% yeah I know I understand all that but they've still mm. got to be fair and uh, I think that why well because you've got shareholders you've got lots of shareholders they're, so there, they're there to to get the money in as quickly and as cheaply as they possibly well, can. Well, look, they're always banging on about creating a fair market, and yes, they want to have their cake and Market's eat it too. Market's never been fair. <laughs> it's never been fair, and there's no such thing as insider mm. trading. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But look, you know, recently with it's taken COVID for, the, mm. um, for them to actually announce that they will have much fairer capital raising, so that's been interesting. I'll wait to see that one. Mm. I'll wait What's to see happening? that one. But mm. it is. It's like, I mean, how many capital raisings do we actually participate in as professionals ourselves? We don't, we generally. Don't, generally. Mm. So, and a lot of times when, when there's a lot of retail investors taking up the capital raising, it means it's a pretty 
poor capital raising. Well, the the challenge is that what they end up doing is they end up mm. causing the share price to fall. Yeah. You know, and in those situations, we don't want to be adding to um, shareholdings mm. when the, we know the share price is going to drop. Mm. Now, some people say, Good okay, question, you're going to be huh? able to get it cheaper, but we're not mm. concerned about getting a few shares cheaper. And what, no. what, what percentage of your current shareholding are you actually going to be able to fill Correct. in addition to what you're already holding? Yeah, there's a lot more to it than just... Plus, you know my big bugbear, then you yeah, get yeah. a small parcel of shares that you have to track at tax time and oh. pay your accountant more to go and have a look at it as a corporate action. Yeah, might pay your accountant more money. When he's, you already sell got, it. he's already got two BMWs out of me. So, <laughs> okay. Let's get into another stock before we get to our main topic. Resmed okay. from, from Jacob. Now, let me bring up Jacob. He says, I've been looking at past charts, looking at Resmed from the 14th of April to in 2019 to August 2019. The stock rose from 13 to $20. Is this mm. the type of trade we would should wait for? Interesting. So that's a big move. Yeah, um, it's a big move. It's mm. a bounce off a bottom, mm. but it doesn't mean that the stock's not going to pull back again mm. because it just looks really thin on the ground. So he's talking me. about 2019 though. So okay. April 2019 to August 2019. Um, okay. That's what he's talking about. He's not talking about this year. So a nice big move. But I would have been interested to know what his, his whole... Did he buy it then, did he say or not? No, he's asking, is that what we're looking for? And the answer's oh, got to be yes. Oh, the trends, yeah, yeah. That's the type of stuff we'd be yeah, looking this is, for. When, as soon as you look at, you can look at the monthly chart over mm. the long term. I'll just quickly show you this on the screen. As soon as you start to see these nice trends moving up and down, mm. sideways trends and then moving up, you want to see a lot of the rises to be able to get mm. in and out of the mm. stock and be able to make some decent money over, um, you know, six yeah, to 12 months. Yeah, and it's safe because it was already starting to rise. He got mm. in at a nice spot, if he did get in in the nice spot. But that's sort of the stuff we're looking for. But this, really... this stock's out of the block. It's it's a different share, though. Correct. Because but... it's a healthcare stock. So it's not your typical stock that's going to rise and fall to create those trends. So it's probably mm. not the only example that we should look at because it doesn't no, give you a comparison lots, to people. But in, in a general term. Because I mean... then someone's going to go out and say, well, I'm looking for a chart that looks like this and most other stocks on the market don't look like that therefore mm. I can't buy anything however there are heaps of stocks that trend that can give you you know good opportunities yeah. but mm. I think it's the, it's the principle of what we're looking at yeah because we're not going to show people all the tools and rules that we teach in our courses that's just not going to happen on this show mm. but what we're looking at or what we're trying to encourage people to do is there's a move from there to there then is you not know, to try and get in at the it. bottom and not trying to get out of the top. It's just trying yeah. to take the fair chunk in the middle. It's the safest. That's mm. what that's happened. Yeah, well, it's direction, isn't it? Mm. If you can confirm direction, that's the important thing, whereas mm. what people are trying to do is pick a bottom when it falls. Correct, mm. and they get it wrong a lot yeah. of times. So let's mm. move on. I think, do we want, have we got one more stock or are we going to go into our chat? Topic. Okay, so let's go into our topic. So okay, we've, thank you. <laughs> we've Moving done. along. Now it's time that we get into the topic for tonight's show, which is how to profit from the coming stock market boom. I'm glad I didn't have the control. Mm. Five rules you need to know regardless of the economic environment, the stock market can be risky if you do not know how to profit. Knowing how to profit from the market is all about having a set of trading rules that work around what you look at, what you do and when you do it. Now, tonight we'll get into some trading rules that will not only keep your money safe, but ensure you have a high probability of consistently profiting from the stock market. So, what are our five rules? Well, to First me... First one is yeah, listen to Dale. Listen to Dale. <laughs> Second one is listen to Janine. Third one is if you forget the first two... Go back to number one again. <laughs> okay, so the are you going to be ladies first tonight? You can go first. I'll put the controller okay. down. Buy good quality stocks. What happens to the cheap end of the market is in a sell-off. So that's really the point. Make sure that you get the good quality shares because they're more likely to have more solid moves back up and be more sustainable over time. 
Um, and think about what happens to the cheap end of town in a sell-off. It gets wiped out. Often companies go broke, they get taken over at low prices. Yeah, it's amazing mm. how many people send us in emails or looking at stocks where the liquidity on them, like mm -hmm. you and me could just move them any day we like because it's yeah. like, you know, through three, three $400,000 of trading in the well, stock. Well, during the sell-off, I was amazed to see good stocks, mm. the liquidity changing like it did mm. in that sell-off. And mm. that's where, you you know, you're looking at your big top 50 shares. Yep. You're, you're always going to have liquidity there. Yeah, and I know I do get comments. We do get comments from people saying, why are you always looking at the big blue chip stocks? And mm. it's like, because they're the best stocks. That really is the reason is they're the best stocks to mm. own. They're the best stocks to trade. They're the easiest to trade and that you'll make so much money and it's not funny, but more is not better. And that's really what I try and say to people in, when we talk about good quality stocks, and I push this in both of my books and we, and we talk about a lot with our traders is you want to simplify your life. And the biggest thing that we do when we have traders come to us who've been like the other day, uh, we had somebody that's been trying to trade futures for like, five or 10 years or something like that. And they've read books, attended free seminars, done online stuff with brokers. They can't trade. They're struggling and they're trying to trade mm. a highly leveraged market. Gosh. And they're so inconsistent. And when I asked them what knowledge they had, it was like they thought they were a trader, but on a scale of one to 10, they were like a two mm. at best. And even then they weren't good at what they were doing. They just had a perception that they such a high risk market, not even really just ordinary shares. Mm. Now, Trading blue chip stocks, that person would have been successful for most mm -hmm. of the last five years right and big stocks, just with some basic rules, just using mm -hmm. what's in my book. And that's the point is what's it's, it's slow is fast. Mm. And, you know, uh, somebody taught me that recently. So has he lost a lot? Um, no, it hasn't lost I a lot. I said he because it's generally guys, They are it? generally guys, but it's very inconsistent. But the point is, is what people think is fast way to money. Generally, people trade highly liquid markets because they failed to plan already. So they don't have a lot of money. Mm. at this point in but time. But he's actually done well not to lose a lot because I remember when we were going through the yeah. GFC, these but guys ringing up and losing right their now. houses. He and... hasn't made money mm. in five years. And so what he's actually doing is, as I said, they're trying to compensate for not planning and not mm. budgeting and not investing properly over a period of time. And so they're trying to play catch up all so the time. So he's trying to do it quick, but in the end... Correct. What mm. happens is you do it a lot slower and that's right. what this person is. And, and I lose count of how many people that have been trying to learn to trade for five, seven, ten years or more and still struggling, mm. hit and miss, very inconsistent with their trading. And, and that's what we fix for people. Mm -hmm. So but doing the big stocks will help you because you'll be much more consistent. And if you're more consistent, you'll make far more money. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, you take a kid into a lolly shop, you know, and they're going to go pick a lolly and they go, oh, which one? Mm. So if you're looking at lots and lots of stocks, you're going to be yeah, that's constantly one of the biggest distracted. mistakes, isn't it, that people yeah. make? Yeah, mm. they'll be distracted all over the place. Okay. So, so that was so number that was, one. So spread your money across different sectors. That's, That's number the next two. one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so you can do the second one. That's okay, fine. some sectors will be hit worse than others in a sell-off, right? So we know that. So look at the financials and what's happened. Look at some of the energy stocks and what's happened. And look at the ones that are more resilient, like the consumer mm. discretionary has mm. been quite um, resilient. Consumer staples has been more resilient. Don't choose stocks based on a brand or price. Now, I mean, I have said sometimes in the past that sometimes it's easier for people to pick stocks that they know. Yeah, they Especially do. for kids, it's easier to pick stocks that you know. But then there are better ways to do mm. the stock selection, and that's where you need a proper process and structure to do. Um, and it's we could we do top down, don't we? Yeah, we do mm. top down, but it's. I think we need to clarify. We don't talk about sector investing in terms of how the industry does sector investing. Oh, okay. So sector investing is you balance out your portfolio to mirror the index itself. So if let's say. 
20% mm. of our All Law News Index is financial stocks, then 20% of your portfolio needs to be finance on, uh, you know, 10% is telcos mm -hmm. and 10% needs to be in Yeah, telcos. I'm glad you brought that up. We don't do that and we don't profess you do that and Warren Buffett says it's a waste of time. So I think if Warren Buffett says it's a waste of time and we say it's a waste of time, don't do that. What we're saying is look for sectors mm. that are going to perform and that's where you do a top-down analysis where you look at what sectors are better right now and what are going to be good moving forward for the next one or two years depending on your time frame of your investing. So if you're more medium term investor or longer term, what sectors right now are going to look better uh, and what are going to do better? So is it going to be energy? Is it going to be financials? Is it going to be materials? Is it going to be consumer discretionary, consumer staples? And look at the information yeah, around that. Yeah, remember some of those earlier recordings? I think it's about time we revisit some of the stuff that we talked about when we first started the show mm. and have a look at what those sectors were doing and the ones that um, you mm. know performed poorly one year and then what they did the following year because yeah, what's going on this year. A lot of people just pick stocks on price mm. and they don't really have an idea of sectors and what they should be doing. So that's what really what we're saying there. But yeah. The next one is to sell to manage risk. Now sometimes you know, you're going to catch a falling knife and that's really what happens and this may mean you're not able to sell out when the market, you get sucked into that market fall or that vortex when the market melted down um, and crashed at the top which is as we said a little bit earlier is unusual but even when markets are in free fall or heavy fall you get sucked into that and it'll, and your, your stocks will get down in, in that and that means you may not be able to sell it exactly at your stop loss and you might see gapping through so you might have a stop loss at 10% and it goes through and you end up selling at 15%. But the important thing is protect your capital, like we were saying a little bit earlier. It's, it's far better to get out of you know, 10 or 15% than watch your stock go down 50% in price. And then it has to double just to get back to being even. So if you do sell out and it turns around and goes back up again, then you'll be fine. But So don't get caught in the thinking that if you have not sold, you haven't lost money. And this is one of the biggest myths that I see so often, mm. that people go, yeah, but I haven't sold. That's a cop-out. It's a simple cop-out. And I don't mean to be but rude to people, look, but it's, it's a cop-out. But a lot of people get told that, you I see. know. The big end of town tell mm. them that because they don't want the competition, I think. Mm. But it really is a cop-out. It's just a catch-all for not doing your work and not managing your money. And, I mean, mm -hmm. who do you trust the most with your money? Well, look, as individuals, I asked someone this the other day and mm. they said they wouldn't trust themselves. Yeah, well, then learn. Mm. So then give it to somebody else to do. But, again... Mm. You know, not selling doesn't make sense to mm -hmm. me. It's is you need to protect capital at all costs. Yep. So therefore, why wouldn't you sell? But not selling and then making. Look at the moment, though. I mean, some people have been saying, "Well, look, okay, the the, the stocks have rebounded." So mm -hmm. some stocks have come off their bottoms. They might have fallen mm -hmm. 30, 40 percent in the market fall, but then they've bounced and come back up 50 percent of what they fell. And so they might fall another 50 percent in the yeah, next three weeks. They might. they might go sideways for the next three years. You yeah. don't know, and that's the that's the that's point. the question, isn't it? Yeah, with some simple knowledge, you can then you can enter and be active investor and make far more money. See, I guess that rebound gives mm -hmm. people a sense of certainty, but it's not. It's, it's not. a false certainty. No, mm. you could be you could be bouncing on ice mm. on thin ice, mm. um, and the next come down, you're going to go right through the ice so that could be That's exactly what's happening so the next one number four okay don't listen to the media mm -hmm. this will make you crazy oh that's for sure and it will cause you to become emotional and make poor decisions it will also lead you to get caught up in the common myths of the market like dollar cost averaging but before we go into dollar cost averaging mm -hmm. i did get an email this week and mm -hmm. it was about some of the the managed funds selling off shares to free up cash so that there's enough cash available for whatever their activities are whether it's with people withdrawing funds or just to be able to to pay mm. pay um, people who are part of the funds um, 
you know, we don't do anything like that. I mean, if we sell a, sell stocks, we're selling stocks. We're not looking to... But there are strange things sometimes that go on in some of these managed funds. Mm. Mm. But that's, I mean, I was chatting about that with somebody in the industry. I said, well, what, what the industry does and what an individual does is mm. chalk and cheese. Yeah. How industry, how, what the industry does, they put out how they do things. And that's why you don't watch the media because how the industry does things is not helpful to mum and dad investor at the average investor. Yeah, so what you're saying is even things like the industry get excited when the market rebounds in one day. Mm, and we don't. Mm, yeah. And, 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 and in smaller investors shouldn't get excited about that because the big industry into town want to see that people coming in and, and dollar cost averaging. They want that because it's a regular... What do you think superannuation is? It's a mm. pseudo form of dollar cost averaging because the super funds, mm -hmm. why don't they just... Why don't you just collect all your cash and at the right time of the year you put it all in one hit? Mm. But the super funds get money all the time by default and they love it because they know this steady stream of money just keeps coming in and they mm -hmm. don't care. Yep. That's why. And we know from history that superannuation is a poor form of investing. It, mm -hmm. How does it help people retire? Mm. People still can't retire on their super properly because right. it's not enough mm -hmm. and it doesn't get enough gains, whereas being more active does so but <laughs> listening to the media will help you make a lot and more dollar cost averaging decisions. that's the thing that was that was the topic so that was mm. a, when you were talking about it before that's something that's been ingrained in people isn't it it is you just buy a few more shares in bhp or csl again, or... it's a default mm. that means if you do that then you're pretty much a lazy investor mm -hmm. because you're not using some knowledge and some skill to pick a better time mm. it just means i'm just throwing stuff in and you don't really care the return you're going to get because you're going to yep. get a really average return mm -hmm. and whereas if you're active you're going to kill it mm. you know if you're passive and just keep putting money in you're not going to kill it it's mm -hmm. pretty much as simple as that last one five number five do you want me to do that or do you want to do that um I'll do it if you're offering. You're the stock market is filled with individuals who know the price of everything but the value of nothing. Philip Fisher. That was you a want quote. to talk about it? Mm. Yeah, that was a quote by Philip Fisher and I think there's a, there's a lot of great quotes out there on the market and, and this one, I picked it because it was just so apt. And I'll say it again, the stock market is filled with individuals who know the price of everything but the value of nothing. And I find that's so... We've You only have to go and look at the chat on our YouTube channel for the last eight weeks and you'll see so many people have no idea the value of something, mm. um, but they know the price of it. Yeah, but it's, it's not easy to understand value. It no. depends how it's conveyed and, mm. and what their um, interpretation of that information mm. is. Yeah, but they're just valuing things on whatever the price is. And mm. that's, that's the learning is you can't just judge a price the price of a share and go, is this good value or not? And that's one of the things we keep trying to push to people. Is do you think that people really do that? They do. They do, especially like if it's under a dollar. We see a lot of people going for stocks under a mm. dollar. Um, truckloads of them. I mean, how many we get put up here that's But how do they, this is sense. what I've always said to you, how do they find out about the stock in the first place? Chat though? forums. Mm, I think it's, it's other Chat avenues Chat forums, as well. taxi drivers, boiler, uh, not, I mean, not boiler rooms, around the water cooler at work, not at the moment, but mm. around the water. We, I don't know how many times somebody goes, oh, got this tip from a guy at work, you know, we're having a coffee in the tea room. You know, great place to get your investing advice. Hmm, not really. But be careful, and really is. And it says it's about becoming an educated individual in the marketplace and just having some simple rules and following some rules to buy and sell and protect your capital if you can do that and you have some simple buy and sell rules, then you're going to do very, very well out of the market moving forward because the market will be bullish um, in the not-too-distant future, and it may not be this week or next week or even this year, but the not-too-distant future will we'll go into another bull market again. And those who are prepared will reap the benefits from that. But 
Now let's get back into some more emails. Okay, so I do fantastic. hope everybody enjoyed that. Um, but before we do, remember to hit that subscribe button now. And whilst you're there, just give us a big thumbs up on the like button as well. But this next question is our first video question. Yes, you heard That's it right exciting. here. We do have a video question and I was so excited. So thank you. And yes, you can be part of our show and be a superstar on our show. All you need to do is record a small 30 second video by sticking your phone in front of your face and hitting that go button um, on the camera and uh, record it and then please email and he'll say that again please email the video to info at wealthwithin.com.au and just put video for live show or something on the title but please do that this question is from somebody called nick so take it away nick let us know your question hello dale and janine uh it's nick here uh keep up the great work with the show uh, as promised a video for you uh, my question's about the big four banks and in particular nab uh, going into a trading halt. What's this mean for the sector? See you later, guys. Good question, isn't it, for Nick? Thank I loved his hat. Did you see his hat? It was pretty cool. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> it was awesome. What are you, you're not laughing at his hat. No, he looks, he's a good-looking dude. Good-looking mm -hmm. dude. Big four banks. I did, as I said a little bit earlier, I did cover the big four banks on... Um, my, on a podcast today, so talking about what was going on. I did talk about NAB as well, so mm. have a good look at that. Look, um, I think um, it's it's tough, isn't it? When If stocks go into trading halts, it's, it's sort of uncertain, isn't it, for investors? Yeah, it mm. is uncertain for investors in terms of what is going on, and the big four banks are really, really um, interesting at the moment, simply because there's a lot of, I won't say misinformation, but I'm saying a lot of... Um, uncertainty. Do you mm. want to bring up NAB? Bring up a chart of NAB. Actually, we'll have look, a one bit of the of things I find really interesting about NAB, I was just waiting for you mm. to give me the open there to opportunity to, to say something I know you without cutting you off. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Dale. So bring up NAB. Um, is because when, during the GFC, and I'll never forget this, it's just stuck in my mind because I've watched the GFC happen and unfold before me. This is a chart of NAB. This is actually the monthly chart. You can cool. see, I'll point to this here. This is actually in when the GFC hit. Yep. in 2007. Now I remember that the, 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 company, the company came out, or the CEO came out, mm -hmm. and he was one of the, he was the first to tell, the, tell it as it was. Mm -hmm. Well, um, Has he still got his job? I, I can't remember <laughs> now, sorry, um, Mr. Mm -hmm. CEO. But look, I mean, I think it's interesting that they've now come out at mm -hmm. this point, and, and this is what's happened with NAB. Because again, they're, they're trailblazers, really. So I'd rather them come out and make this declaration right now. However, I remember because of what happened in the GFC, that wasn't the first, the last, sorry. It wasn't the last time. Mm -hmm. so, so when the banks came out initially and they were doing all that capital raising and they were downgrading their, their earnings and everything else, um, it was some months later, could have been maybe six months, I can't recall exactly mm -hmm. when now, but um, they came out and it happened again. So people thought it was over after that declaration was made that it started that it wasn't over. Banks are going to be on the nose for quite mm. a while. They really are. And when you're looking at the big four banks, Combank is the only one that is, looks even interesting at Look, this point in time. I think short-term traders, you know, are going to be able to make yeah, a bit of money because of the volatility. Bit, you're talking about all the banks have got to raise mm. capital to keep with their requirements for the yeah. government on them. So they're all going to have capital raisings of three, four billion dollars. So they're mm. going to be putting out offer documents yeah. soon. They're all going to be reducing their dividend yields. Combank looks like it's going to be able to keep their capital requirements if it just drops its dividend yield. That's why mm. it looks better. Its yeah. chart looks a lot better. We've always liked So what's happening Bank. in that sector? So this year they're going to go out capital raising. We mm. know that. So that's not going to. That might 
It's actually an opportunity. It's an opportunity for them. Yeah, it's, it's but it's going to be a long-term play, not a short-term yeah, exactly. play for most people. So, is, are the banks going to rise in price a lot this year? No, they're not. Mm. Combank might um, do okay. Macquarie might do okay, depending on what goes on, because it's more of a merchant bank. Yeah. But the other three banks, I don't think, are going to be fantastic investments over this next year. Mm. I think they might be one that you might, if you want to put one into your portfolio for five years or more, then that's okay. But out of those three, ANZ, Westpac, and mm. NAB, which one would you pick? Oh, that's tough, isn't it's it? It's a tough. It's a real look, tough choice. Look, right now, um, Westpac and NAB look quite similar in terms of the way the charts mm. unfold. I'd pick so. Westpac only because of history. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not convinced anymore. I don't think mm. it's holding the mantle anymore mm. out of those well, three. I don't know. Let's we can wait and see. Maybe maybe we'll have to have a, another <laughs> another discussion on that down the track. Well, let's get into the next question. Okay, the next question that we have is from. Um, I don't know. I didn't put it on knows? there. <laughs> Big question mark. Dear Dale. Oh, it sounds like dear Dale. Dear Dale. I started watching your show recently and found very it very informative, especially for the new investors. Thank you. Could you please analyse CSL for long-term investing? It is, is it the right time to buy or wait? Another one of those, is it the right time Thanks, to buy? Thanks, Ash. That was from Ash. Yeah, so let's yeah. go and bring up CSL. CSL is one of the great mm. stocks in the marketplace. So, um, But timing is still important. Yeah, it really is. And it has done very, very well. And it's come off, a, a, off its highs a little bit more recently. So it is looking good. So for what, for the long haul, what would you expect? Look, I could be wrong. There's always that possibility. And we, we, You're never wrong. You know, the, the stock may not go through this high in the short term, mm. which is what I'm expecting is more mm. likely to unfold, that we're likely to see a little bit of a sell-off here um, just because it has rebounded so strongly. And we've only seen one week down so far. You know, but but look, if it manages to take out that high, this high here in, in April, then I think it has, mm. a, has a much higher probability of getting through the all-time mm. high. And if that happens, then it's got the potential to move on and at least put on, um, what, 370 or something like that, 380 is a possibility for it if it does do that strongly. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Next question we have is from Kim who asks, Hi, Dar, what is your call on Flight Center? Please, should I dump my Flight Center shares at a loss of $1,000? Um, should I buy some more at $7.20 and sell them straight away? Um, I'm not going to tell you whether to dump them or buy more of them and sell them. I mean, that's, a, that's I don't know. $1,000 doesn't really mean much to us. It's, advice and we you can't. could have 100000 mm. on it and losing 1000 is not very much, or you could have $2,000 and have lost half of your portfolio. But really, um, you're asking us to give you personal financial advice there, and I, I wouldn't say that. You need to understand that yourself. Um, right now, our take on Flight Sender is it's not good at the moment, and it's probably not going to do too much in the short term either because until they open up everything and start flying again it's not like looking good so sometimes Look, one of the things that i i use as a tool dale mm. to just excuse me to interrupt because i wanted to i know that we can't mm. say tell him what to do but what we can do is one of the tools that i use to to, to um, help people who are working for us as well as mm. students was just simply follow a basic concept of weighing up the pros and the cons mm, which is something that people can do even with a small amount of knowledge so mm. okay so if you have a thousand dollars in the stock and then the stock continues to fall what is that going to mean to you is it going to hurt you know, more? is it going to hurt more is it is it going to be um, something that you would rate highly as a as a problem mm. therefore you know, just maybe you need to rate. make a decision. Yeah, mm. exactly. Look at how, how risky that is for you and how much could potentially use and lose. And that's the challenge. I guess it, could he lose the whole thousand? Absolutely. Or, but it's unlikely for Flight Centre to go completely Correct. off the board, though. Um, so that's one thing. And then the, the, 
if you were to hold it, what are the the cons in doing that? So what are the pros of, I don't of see flights holding? What are the cons in holding and what that's selling? I mean, yeah. our international travel is not likely to get back to normal in mm. a couple of years because they're only going to slowly, the government won't let you travel to certain countries and if you mm. do travel, they're not going to let you come back in quickly, are they? Yeah, exactly. So, and also your insurances, your travel insurances won't cover you if you go to countries that the government says you're allowed to travel to. Yeah. So you'd have to be careful about where you go. I guess what concerns me a little bit is he's trying to chase mm. the loss by thinking, Correct. okay, I'm going to take some more good money and I'm going to throw it at this share because I might be able to make something short term out of it to cover yeah. what I lost. And I've seen, I've seen that a lot of times before where mm. somebody has a bad decision and then compounds it by making a further bad decision. And mm. I'm not saying that's the case with Kim. I'm just saying you did what you thought was right. You bought the stock and you're now at a loss. So it's almost like you just sort of decide whether you want to hold it and you how much pain you mentor. want to do. You could do trading That's something you could do. Yes. <laughs> you know, and a trading then... mentor course for a couple of thousand dollars and then get some really good base, hmm. basic strategies to use in the market. Okay, let's move on. That's all the questions we've got in terms of the e uh, email. So okay. now we go back to the chat again. Great. So let's look one. Um, we've got Duke, I think it is, on TNE saying, Hi, Dale and Janine, looking at getting into TNE soon, but worried about resistance distance around 9.30. What are your thoughts? Really good question, Duke. Tells us you're and thinking good observation. about things. Yeah. Very, very good. Great observation that you're seeing this resistance at its all-time high, but it looks strong as a bull as a, at, mm. out of a gate, doesn't it? Mm. If it, it does. If it manages to close up strongly at the end of the week, that means this rise is more likely to be sustainable. And it, it could buck the trend in terms of, you know, most stocks when they bounce off these long-term lows down here, which is what this March low is, um, 2020, for this stock, then they will often re come back to test, as we've talked about before, which is typically what you'll see on most shares, but this one could be one out of the box. Now, at the moment, this is huge resistance here, but it looks like it's challenging it. Now, generally, I wouldn't be looking to purchase it right now because it's risen quite a way. It's so if huge. it was me, you know, it's already taken off around 40-odd percent from this low here. So the chances are there were going to be some profit takers wanting well, to... Can I say something without yeah, being rude? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, of course. I'm not, trying, I'm not going to be rude. Do I need is... to get the swear jar out? No, you won't need to get okay. the swear jar out. Is every man, woman, dog and child understand the resistance <laughs> that's in the marketplace. So what's likely to happen around that level is people will start selling the stock off thinking it's not going to get through that. You'll mm. also have people looking, like short sellers will come in to go, okay, we're going to short sell this as well and push it down. So <laughs> you might find it drops away a bit, but depending on how bullish this stock is, the, the move down might only be a very small amount and then it'll start to move up again. That's be the nice sign to get into it mm -hmm. from that point of view. But, from a technical uh, but don't expect... Yeah because it's support and resistance that it's going to do X, Y, or Z. It's, it's, there's a lot of tools, a lot of analysis you can put around into a, and, and create a confluence of rules and analysis to determine whether the stock's likely to go through. And I find that uh, support and resistance is the, probably the most overused thing that people use in the marketplace because it's so easy to understand. Now, now the risk is if a stock hasn't retested mm. prior price levels as it's risen, the risk is that back. it will do it once it mm. breaks through to a new all-time high and that's the that's where you've got to be prepared cool. with a stop loss. All right, we're going to put the pedal to the metal. We've got 10 minutes left Let's and I've go. got the producer yelling in my ear. We've got one from Usman who's asking about uh, OOO, which is an oil ETF. Um, he says, Dale, I'm messaging while having your book with me in my hands. Awesome. That's why he got me to answer his question. Uh, love your book and the show. Just need your advice on better shares, crude oil index ETF, um, OOO, because of low oil prices. I don't like it. I looked at this Oil the other looks day. terrible anyway. It's terrible. 
it looks like it's finish, finishing a pattern. So mm. we've got, for those of you who are, have done our advanced course, you'll be able to see that unfolding. Mm. But it's a question of is the bottom in yet? And you can't tell. So it's a wait and see. Yeah, oils, it's looking at West Texas crude and everything else. It's is, and obviously we've got Brent crude and we've mm. also got, um, what's the other one? They're heating the two oils, main ones. Heating oils, but Brent crude and West Texas, mm. Texas are the main ones. What's going on now is the futures contract for the West Texas oil was the one that went negative. Yeah. So that's the US-based oil. So that's the one that went negative for the May contract for their futures contract. June and July didn't go into negative. Well, they're expecting June to go negative, mm. but, but the view is currently that anything mm. out to, to potentially August and September mm. is going to be positive. Well, it'll depend on if the US opens up a bit, mm. a bit more and people start travelling and using more oil, increasing the demand. If they increase the demand, it'll take some of the Just supplier. imagine what will happen to supply if all of a sudden so yeah. many cars go back on the road. Well, that's what they're hoping if they get cars mm. using some of the oil oil then they'll mm -hmm. free up some storage space yeah. so that's what they're hoping and that's really what they need to do so, so way you have too a free early. tanker you can store a bit of oil yeah I've got, there's plenty of them off, the, mm -hmm. off okay. Singapore at the moment but right now mate I wouldn't be going into oil this mm -hmm. is going to be a couple of months before we start to know anything but a little bit too early I think that's my one? take on it um, we've got next telecom uh, sorry next DC so Evan's asking about next DC and I'll just bring up Evan wherever you are so the reason I'm interested in next DC is due to the increase in demand for data centers um, businesses looking to reduce cost and increase working from home absolutely um, good thinking mate mm. we used to have all our servers in next DC up until about a month ago and we moved or six weeks ago we moved from next DC um, but they've got data centers around Australia um, and there is more of a demand. But there's also a lot of businesses know it's easy to get on Amazon Web Services. Um, Microsoft have another one, which is like Amazon Web Services, services, where you can host your servers and be in the cloud without having to have a data center. In a data center, you need to have your equipment in there. So you've got to buy all your servers and put it in like we do. We run on the cloud with pretty much all of our stuff on our own servers in a data center here in Melbourne. Um, and I think some of our stuff's on the data, in the data centre in Sydney, but um, you don't have to do that. But that said, you've still got a service somewhere if you're hiring them off an Amazon Web Services. They will have servers in Australia and using a place like NextDC, mm. so it could be good. Look, looking at the share price, it looks like it's stalled. So mm. even if that idea was a great idea, it hasn't gone anywhere. Hasn't so I think the market's yet. saying, let's wait and see. So that's, that's it. What my that's, view is. that's your whole take on that one. Let's give wait me and some, see. Give me some goods. Well, it's give already taken off. Bits. So if you were going to get into it, it would have already presented an opportunity <laughs> some months ago. <laughs> All right, Mahmoud's asking, hi, Dale and Janine. I started reading your book. Um, again, he's get, I'm getting his question answered because he's reading my book. Um, still in first chapter, really great book. Buy and hold is an, interest, uh, is an interest part. Can you please give me your thoughts on AT1 and EOS? I've never heard of AT1. What's that one? AT1. Um, I'm not sure if I've picked it right. It's called Tomo Diagnostics. So it's a, it looks like it hasn't been there for very long. It's yeah. There's nothing there. So it's newly listed on the market. Mm. What a time to list. Gosh, it must have been interesting to watch that move up and down. I haven't really no comment if I've got the right one. Yeah, if we haven't Is got there the another right code? Um, he's got um, EOS. Well, the, the only comment I can make is if there's no history to analyse, we can't put any analysis on the chart. EOS? Correct. Um, Electro-optic systems, and um, we've seen that one plunge. Look mm. at the fall that it's had. So it looks a little bit From liquid. that top, 
all the way to the bottom. What's that, 70-odd percent? So mm. often when a stock's full, pull back to that sort of degree, they'll start to recover. But we could see a rebound back down to test this low soon. If you're looking at buy and hold, I wouldn't mm. pick stocks like this. No, I think, no way. I think that's that what, what you're implying. After? No, well, that's what I think he's implying because he's saying buy and hold is an interest part. So I'm thinking he's thinking of buy and hold, not these sorts of stocks. CSLs are buy and hold or West Farmers or Woolworths and those big ones, not stocks like this, mate. Um, I would stay away from them. Next one is from um, C. Phil. He says, hi, Dale and Janine. Love your show. Keep it going. Pick up, um, picked up computer share at $11. Looks to be starting a new trend upwards. Would like to get your thoughts on the share. Thanks. And computer share is looking much better. So you can bring up the stock of CPU if you like. So I was just a bit thirsty, I sorry. Would, I know you're a bit thirsty, but um, I do like computer share. It does look better. It has moved up the last couple of weeks. It is um, showing some promising signs, and you would think it would do okay if there's more trading going on. Look, you would. I mean, the long-term chart's still a mess. Um, the recent fall has just destroyed the whole picture for computer share, in my opinion, and um, it's duly listed, isn't it? So it's um, it's been quick, it, well, at least they went overseas, and they've got major investment now in, in overseas markets. So looking at computer share, you would think that the high volumes of trading and, and all sorts of mergers and acquisitions going on would increase their business. Um, short term, I think that there's a potential upside on the stock. Uh, but if it were to come back and fall below around $10, approximately $10, then I think that it's at risk of coming back and retesting this low again in, yeah. in the months. It's probably a little bit too early. Is probably my take on CPU. Mm. So it's worth looking at. It's worth. Well, there's keeping no real direction watch. at the yeah. moment. I mean, so, you're talking about a weekly chart that's mm. got a few weeks up off the bottom. Mm. It's yeah. not, a, not a buy. Okay, next question. I've scrolled down. I've got one from Nick who's going, Hi, Dale and Janine. Do you think Credit Corp is in the same bracket as NAB and Westpac and ANZ? Keep up the awesome content. So he did a nice comment. So, so you picked um, it. I picked that like, one. There's so. a theme here, isn't there? Credit Corp's probably in a slightly different basket than the, the big banks because the big banks have got a lot more issues to worry about than a Credit Corp. But technically, yeah, look, what do you but, think? But look, it's it's a higher risk proposition. Mm. I think it comes down to what you were talking about before. These mm. lower liquidity stocks compared to the big ones mm. on our market are going to get hit harder. And that's what we've seen here. So it makes it hard for you to get out at the price that you want to get out if you are holding it. And and look, it would be unfair, wouldn't it, really, for any investor hanging on to this share. Even a trend line wouldn't have helped you in that scenario, really. Yeah. Um, so that's where it can be quite risky having mm. these types of shares. So 84% decline. It's telling you what the personality of the stock is, really, um, and what you're in for. So what did you have another comment on Credit Corp? No, no, I'm thinking that's fine. Um, Jordan's going, what do you think of index investing? Don't do it. That's my answer. Yep. Um, I'm big, big, big opponent of index investing because it doesn't get you the results. Just if you read my book, you'll understand why. So just get online, go get accelerate your wealth. It's your money, your choice. Get it on Amazon, get it on the bookstore, go into the bookstore when you can go into a bookstore, just get it. You'll understand why I'm talking about that. But e index ETFs, um, no, and index investing is no. Can I have another stock, please? I have another stock. Okay, IEL Fahed saying, hi, Dale and Janine. Thank you for the show every week. You're welcome. Um, can what you please that? look at IEL for me? Seems to be pulling back from that low a few weeks back. So okay. it could be a nice one to look at. Okay, IDP Education Limited, IEL. That's interesting. Mm. Okay, it's had a big fall. Um, you know, it's really too early to say at this stage. So a 60% decline, so you'd expect that it could bounce, rebound uh, to around, where we're seeing here, I'm looking at about $18 as a possibility, but at the moment it's still going mm. sideways. There's no real commitment mm. in direction, and you really would have to see it break above uh, 15, 
15, I think it's yeah. 66. You want me to put my glasses yeah, on for you? Yeah, can you have a look at that? Yep. It's on your side of the 15, desk. 15, 66. Excuse, anyway. um, so it has to get strongly above there really to even start looking interesting. Uh, so look, at the moment, um, still risky and sideways. Yeah, and education's interesting. Obviously, it would depend on... Yeah, they would be doing a lot of government courses, I would suggest. A lot mm -hmm. of the education providers that are listed are well, doing think like skill really shortage good. courses, that sort of stuff, and like heavily mm -hmm. on government funding to do their to do what they do because mm -hmm. they're private companies, sort of like us yep. as a private, although we're not government funded. Yeah, um, they generally have a lots of different training facilities, teaching mm -hmm. um, uh, accredited courses. So, but yeah, right now I think. Yeah, stay out yeah. of it a little bit. Yep, okay. Yeah. So let's next question we've got, let me have a look. Oh, Tommy T saying, hi, Dale and Janine, just looking, just enrolling in your diploma course today. Well done. Oh, congratulations. Looking for, yeah, looking forward to catch, catching up with your mate and helping you through the course. So, yes, mm -hmm. um, from there. Um, Raja, Raj, Raja, um, I can't say your surname, mate. I'm sorry. It's so long. Um, MFG, please. Share price is up over 8% in the past week. It may prove to be a better option than big four banks in the medium to long term. Interesting question. Look, all I can say here is, are you noticing a pattern with how these stocks mm. have been hit during COVID and mm. how they're starting to mm. supposedly recover at this point? They're all making similar sorts of moves. They are. So again, are. my answer would be the same, that it's still mm. early days. There is a possibility that if it trades up strongly above this high here, and this is a couple of weeks mm. ago, the high of 17th of April, which is uh, 50, now I don't want to get, yep, 51.73 I think, then it could rise to um, resistance around this level at about $60. But, you know, if it trades below the recent low, and this is where stop losses are important, have a percentage stop loss or look for where it might find support, then I'd be really concerned about it if it fell below $44. Mm. Um, Nick's actually saying, hey, made the video, so he's really happy. Don't worry, <laughs> if you've got a video sending it to us, we're going to put you on, that's for sure, no problems at all. Um, Michael Butler says, hi, Dale and Janine, are you able to give a small insight to where to look at for value of buying a stock, as you stated in Rule 5? Cheers, Michael. Rule five was the quote. Was the quote. Rule mm. five was the quote. So I'm not sure what you're price, talking about. Price, about price. It was about price. Um, give an example. Anything, most, a lot of people will pick a stock simply price based on value. its price. Mm. And that's it. And they don't understand the value. So giving you a, an example is not really something that's like freely just comes to my mind right at this second. But yeah, I mean, how a do lot you choose value saying, in, in, a, in a market where it's in flux? So well, much people are picking right like like a stock, let's, let's say NAB. Well, we talked about NAB. They're going, okay, NAB's gone down to this price. And they're going, wow, it's cheap because it was at yeah. this price three weeks ago. That's, That's what we example. mean. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's cheap. That just means it's fallen. Now, I know some of the analysts in around Australia have said the banks are now undervalued. Yeah. But are they really? Well, right. Like, I mean, if you're looking at highs around, mm. if you're looking at $30 and now all of a sudden you're looking at 12 or something like that. You, yeah. Don't know. So, you don't know. Um, Luca's going, you state that one should look at EPS and dividend yield and the stock's overall trend. Does this rule apply to medium to long term hold stocks or does it apply to stocks like um, APT and Zero? It applies to all of them. Basically, it's pretty much everything um, from that point of view. Is Looking at dividend yield, EPS, we're looking for growth all the time. Number one priority is always look for growth first, dividend yield second. We look for stocks that are trending in the upward direction, not the downward direction. We're looking for stocks that are easy to pick and trend well. That's pretty much what it is. Um, but again, have a read of my book and you'll find out all those criteria and, and looking for it. But uh, you got anything else you want to say on that? 
Um, no, not at this point. I think you've summed it up nicely. Okay. Well, before we finish up for the show, I, I, I know I've alerted you to what we've been doing on that new streaming service called Flix, F-L-I-X-X.net. So the new show that Janine and I are doing called Talking Wealth. And they also want us to do a live stream, which will be on the US market. Um, however, they've had a few little technical issues over the last, last week or so on some of the videos we've uploaded. are not live ready yet, but they told me that they're going to be up while I'm asleep tonight. So we I'll, had to get up a bit early for that, didn't we? I had to be. We had to get up very early for, to, to do some of those. Talking to somebody in New York's not as easy, you know, because we've got to be up early to talk to those people. But so stay tuned. So go to flix.net um, tomorrow. You might see some more of our stuff there. So we've done two episodes. I'll be doing episode one. I would hopefully in the next day or so, and then episode two will go up. And I'm just teeing up the um, interviews for episode three. So it'll be exciting. Um, now it's the end of the stay show. Stay tuned. And I, stay tuned. I'm sorry. You've already said that. And I hope you enjoyed it and thank you for participating. If you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss, send in your ideas and we'll look at your requests for our upcoming shows. And if you'd like to see the show continue to grow rather than my stomach, then remember to share it on the social media no, with you said your it was friends. Shrinking. And it is. I've actually lost a lot of weight. I'm eating vegan. My wife has me eating vegan. It's you had chicken. I know. I sneak some in. It's vegan chicken. Chickens oh, eat geez. vegan food. So it's vegan chicken. Um, but share us the show on the social media, on your Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram, whatever you want to do. Sorry about that. James just lost it. Also remember to make sure you put this show into your calendars. We'll be back here right on YouTube live every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. And as you can see, that we're really happy to receive your questions. So send them to info at wealthwithin.com.au before I start crying Stick and just type in, in Wealth Within Live in the subject line. Yes, take a video of yourself for 30 seconds. It's fun to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, that does bring us to the end of the show again. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have bringing it to you. And as always, thanks for joining us and we hope to see you again next week. For now, goodbye, good luck and good trading. Goodbye for now. Stay safe. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.